I wore this necktie just for you today, okay? It's the only green I own. <laughs> I was going to try to find a, uh, a green bow tie to wear this week, but I thought it would be too much of a distraction. <laughs> so, uh, next year, next year. Uh, hey, you know, one of the blessings that we have here at Calvary Church is God is blessing us with all kinds of uh, little ones and brand new babies, and you can see them in the lobby, you can see them around, and, and I know sometimes uh, parents have them right here with them in the service, and I'll tell you what, uh, it's, a, it's one of the great blessings of our church, and I just, I just want all of our parents to know if, you're, if your little one needs some attention during the service, gets a little bit fussy or anything like that, I want you to know, in case you don't, we do have a nursery over there, we have a lobby out there, but uh, just God bless you guys, and thank you for... Uh, helping our church to grow, okay? <laughs> Keep that up. All right, good. That's right, okay. Um, well, we're in a series called Conversation. We are talking about, um, right now, the conversation about Jesus that we've been called to have with our world, to tell our world about Jesus. That is what we're all about here as Christians and Christ followers. And uh, so just to, to get us started here this morning, I've asked uh, Terry Borders and Ben and Katrina DeCamp if they would come for just a moment. There is a great story that I would like us all to get in on this morning. So um, I'm going to hand the mic to each one. There we go. I think Ben might be the spokesperson here today. <laughs> Terry? And then step up here a little bit. we got a little more light as you get up closer to the front here. But I just have a couple questions I want to ask to get into this story. So, uh, Terry, you've been coming to the church now for several years. Uh, ben and Katrina, you've been coming a little shorter time than that. In fact, you, approximately how long have you guys been coming to the church? Uh, probably around 14 to 15 months. Now. Okay, so it goes back a little over a year. All right, great to have you. They always sit. I always, they're always right down here behind me. And uh, it's always great to have you guys fill in those spots. Well, okay, uh, at some point, uh, a while back, Terry, you uh, got to meet Ben and Katrina. And then somewhere along the line, you had this opportunity to invite them to church. So just tell us a little bit about how that happened. What's, a little, what's the backstory here? Well, inviting people to church comes one of two ways for me. They either want to know where I'm getting this energy and want some of it, so <laughs> okay. then, like, where can I get some of that? Or I meet people in storms, and, and I think that the opportunity comes to you when you make a conversation with somebody, and they seem to need that further connection beyond you, is when I always ask, well, where do you go to church? So I, I did ask that. Ben and Katrina were going through a hard time, and I got to stand and talk with Ben a couple times after I've met him. And I asked, so where do you go to church? And he had expressed that uh, they weren't able to go. It was a little far and hard to get on Sunday. So, of course, I said, well, I know a place that you could come. I think Pastor <laughs> will let you in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, great. And, and your invitation worked, right? Uh, that's, this is living proof. Well, uh, Ben, uh, uh, what was going on in your life, circumstance-wise, maybe spiritually or pressure, stress, concerns. What was happening in your life during that time that this invitation to church came to you? Well, like Terry said, it was a little far. We'd been attending First Assembly in Joliet. And uh, at the time, we're living here in Lamont. We got three young children, which, by the way, they love the children's ministry here. Great. Um, Great. If 
we're running behind. The kids make sure to let us know that we got to get to church. Today, so. <laughs> um, but anyways, we met Terry through a storm, like she said, and uh, my faith was being a little tested at the time. And I asked her, you know, is there someplace a little closer that would be a welcoming church family for us instead of driving all the way to Joliet every day? And uh, she said, yeah, come down to Calvary Church, which I'd passed this place so many times. I thought, well, it's so little, and there's so many cars in the parking lot. I don't know if they had room for us. In there, you know? <laughs> We're deceiving. <laughs> We're deceiving from the outside. But it's much bigger than what it looks, and I am so glad that we, uh, we made this journey and Terry uh, invited us on it. Excellent. Thank you for having us. Tremendous. Now, my other question is simply, um, since becoming part of the church family over the past year or so, uh, what differences has that made in your life? Uh, how has God blessed you, uh, your kids? What's, you know, what's a little bit of that story? Well, um, the storm that we were going through, we were actually losing the place we were living in. And uh, Terry said, you know what? I have a friend who just bought a house. And uh, he would like to know if you would help restore this place if uh, he gave you a year's free rent to stay there. And I thought, what a blessing. We're still in the same school district. We don't have to move the kids out of the school district. And uh, I would love to. So we took that opportunity, and we were able to stay in the community, and things have just turned around exponentially for us. And uh, I don't know, as far as spiritual, I've always been spiritual, so... Um, it is a little bit of a uh, journey to go on. We just got married on the 4th of July, so it's nice to have somebody to have that journey and, and help you share it with your children. So Tremendous. Thank you all for having us and welcoming us. So and what about, how about the kids? You mentioned just a little bit ago the kids are having a great time in kids' church. They, they do. They, like I said, every Saturday night or Sunday morning, they are the first ones up at 6. You know, are we going to church today? <laughs> you know, we got to see, we got to go to church, we got to see our friends, we got to learn about Jesus today. And, right. and that's great. I love it. I mean, you know, Excellent. just uh, to be able to keep that in their hearts and let them focus on, on Jesus on Sunday tremendous. is a fantastic blessing in itself. All right. Tremendous. Well, uh, hey, thanks for coming up and just letting us in a little bit on how this has all worked out. And uh, let's show our appreciation. Thank you very much. I think that um, it is amazing, one of the greatest things, to hear the stories, and there are lots of them here, uh, of how something so simple and basic as in the midst of a conversation, inviting someone to church, and the change it can make, the direction it can change for a whole family. And uh, I'll tell you what, guys, this is a tool that God has placed in every one of our hands, part of our conversation. Let me get comfortable. <laughs> I may stand again before the sermon's over, so, but I'm going to start out by sitting. Uh, So here is the thing. Jesus has called us to a conversation about him with our world. Now, the ways of carrying on conversations have dramatically changed over the last 10 or 15 years. There's a whole new text language, digital language out there that uh, uh, it's, well, it's mainly abbreviations. So I thought I'd start off a little bit of a quiz this morning. On the screen is going to be popping up some text abbreviations. So I want to see how sharp and how proficient you are. 
So when you see these, there you go. We're going to start off easy. What's this? Okay, laughing out loud. All right. Uh, the next one? Best friends forever. How about this one? <laughs> In my opinion, you guys are really good. Uh, th- this one? This is too easy. Uh, how about this one? P-I-R. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you have kids. All right. How about this one? Between me and you. There you go. All right. And, what's that? Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, how about this one? I didn't think you'd get that one. Rolling on the floor laughing. All right. Okay. Now, uh, I'm going to bring another one of these in because uh, I think I can stump you on some of these. Anyway, uh, I want to introduce a brand new abbreviation this morning that I hope will become second nature, so well known that every time we text one another within this church family, we will sign off with this one. And it's B-A-F. B-A-F. What it stands for is bring a friend. Bring a friend. Because that's why Jesus left heaven. That's what Jesus is all about. That's his heart. And that's what we as a church, when it comes down to it, that's what we're all about too, is bringing a friend, bringing people to Jesus. Uh, this morning, um, we're going to take a look at a, what has to be one, an incident during Jesus' ministry that has to be one of the funniest, most memorable things. I think Jesus in heaven still brings this up and still talks about this, okay, and laughs about it, but it was one of the most moving moments in Jesus' ministry. We read the story in Mark chapter 2, and it's, a, this, it's all about B-A-F, bring a friend. Listen, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Many scholars believe that the home Jesus hung out at in um, Capernaum was Peter's house. That's where Peter lived, and there's, there's some times mentioned in the Gospels where that's where Jesus stayed. Soon, so this is probably Peter's house. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors There was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, now can you get a picture here? Uh, Peter's house, maybe Jesus stood in the corner of the kitchen. And there were people sitting on the floor, on the furniture. There were people sitting in the windows. There were people out the door. Uh, And Jesus is in there preaching to them. Well, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. So it's Peter's house, and there is a church service in progress, a Bible study And how would you like to be in a Bible study or a church service where Jesus was the featured speaker? I think you'd all stay absorbed, right? (laughs) Okay. Uh, For sure. Well, that's what was going on here. It was packed out the door. And these friends couldn't get their friend to Jesus. So they got creatively bold. 
They got gutsy. They got, uh, they got creative. They thought outside the box. They got edgy, and they took a risk. They went up and dug a hole in the roof. One of them probably came up with the idea, you know what? We could go dig a hole in this roof. They all bought into it, no hesitation. And now, these friends, they might have easily given up on trying to bring their friend to Jesus. But instead, what they did was they gave Christians and churches of all time, including us, a lesson on how to be bold, non-stopping, creative, out-of-the-box, edgy, witty, and gutsy in bringing people to Jesus Christ. And they give us three, I believe these friends give us three qualities of what it takes to bring people to Jesus. And I think this is such an important message for all of us Christians to be reminded of. Now, I'm taking these three qualities from a, a sermon that I heard Greg Groeschel preach. So I want to give Greg credit here today for these three qualities, okay? But I'm going to take what he said, and I'm going to shape it and mold it and fit it to you and me here at Calvary Church. So here we go. The first quality we see in these four guys was this. They cared enough to get involved. It says these four men came carrying their friend who is in great need, carrying him to Jesus. Now, you know what? It is extremely doubtful that this man would have ever come to Jesus by himself. It's highly unlikely that he ever would have. And you know what? That is absolutely true also of many of the people that you and I brush shoulders with day in, day in, day in, day out. They're never going to come to Jesus at their own initiative. And the reason they're not is because they're just like you and I used to be before we came to Jesus. (laughs) They don't have any interest in him. They don't know about him. They don't know what he can do for them. They're in the dark. They're blind, the Bible says. So it's highly unlikely that a lot of people you see every day are ever going to come to Jesus by themselves. Uh, now, so that, that's where we come into the picture. That's where BAF comes into the picture. Now, when they got to the church that day at Peter's house, what they found was this. They, all they could see were the backs of the people crowded around Jesus, absorbed, listening to the word of God. They were in there doing what Christians do when they come to church. They were listening. They were getting absorbed. They were taking notes. Some of them were saying, amen, praise God. Jesus, keep bringing it. Pour it on, Jesus. They were, just, they were in there totally absorbed. They were growing in their faith. And, uh, and that's what churches do. We circle up in our church services. We circle up in our Bible studies. We circle up in our retreats. We circle up in, in all our programs. We circle up around Jesus. And that is wonderful. And that's as it should be. However, what we have to remember while we're circling up around Jesus is, that there are desperate people outside the door who are trying to get in, who want to become part of that circle and need to become part of that circle. But sometimes it can happen that we get so absorbed with Jesus that we forget. We lose that sharp care and concern for the desperation of the people that are outside the door who need to come in. So how is it that we fail to care sometimes as deeply as we should for those who need to be brought to Jesus. I want to offer just a couple things real quick. Number one is, I think sometimes 
we don't really believe that people are eternally lost. They are eternally, eternally separated from God because of this sin problem. We sometimes forget that there really is a place called hell. There really is. Jesus talked about it. And the reality is that unless a person comes to faith in Jesus, they are walking away from Jesus. And not just in this life, but they're on a, tra- a trajectory away from God that goes on for eternity, forever. They are lost. And so I believe when we really grab a hold of that and that becomes an awareness inside of us, we will see people differently every single day we are outside the walls of this church. And it's going to create a desire to bring a friend, to bring a person to Christ. Um, In John chapter 3, verse 16, here's a very familiar verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish. That's that eternal, eternal separation from God. But instead, have eternal life. And then listen to these verses. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Jesus. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, is not lost. But whoever does not believe in Jesus stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So Jesus is the only way, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus said. And that needs to be very much in our heart. Uh, Now, uh, let me tell you this story. Um, About uh, several months ago, I don't know if it's even been quite a year, uh, Rich Tracy, I don't know, is Rich here today? Rich, yeah, okay. Uh, Rich's brother, Bob, Robert, uh, had come down with cancer and been battling that. He was in the hospital. His condition was really getting bad. But I know this, that um, Rich and his brother Bob were extremely close, extremely close. They were NASCAR enthusiasts together, <laughs> okay? Uh, and we talked a lot about that. But Bob, over the years, kept resisting Rich's sharing of the gospel with him. Robert just kept rejecting it and saying, no, that's not for me. I I don't want that. Uh, Rich was very faithful uh, to keep sharing. So it came down to the last days of Robert's life. And I visited him and talked with him about the gospel and what it means to come to know Christ. And I would ask Bob, Bob, would you like to take that step of placing your faith in Christ? And Bob would say to me just very decisively, no, (laughs) I don't want to do that. Uh, and then Rich, the same thing. Well, it came down to, it was the closing hours of his life, just the last day or two. And uh, I know Rich had shared the gospel with him again, and no, I don't want to do that. And then I went over uh, the night before he passed away, and I said to Robert, Robert, um, you know, I ex- carefully explained this gospel. And I said, Robert, uh, and I felt pretty strong in my heart, I think Robert will say yes this time. Well, he said no. <laughs> and uh, so we were praying, the family was praying, and, uh, 
and his condition was just getting so bad. And uh, so on, on Sunday morning, the next morning, um, I had come to church, and I got a phone call uh, from, uh, I think it was from Brian, uh, who said that Rich, uh, Rich had brought the gospel to Robert again and, uh, and said, Robert, you know, time's getting pretty close here to the end. Do you want to receive Jesus as your Savior? And you know what? This time, Robert said, just as decisively as he had been saying no, he said yes. And he prayed the prayer, and he received Jesus into his life. Now, there's a lot of friends involved in that who were bringing Robert to Jesus, carrying him in his desperation. And, uh, and this is, we're in this for the long term. We build relationships with people, whether it's a family member or a friend. We're, we are in this for the long term with people because we love them. And a person might say no a thousand times. Or there might not be an opening to really share with a person. But you know what? We continue the BAF, the BAF calling, bring a friend. That stays in our hearts, just like it did in Rich's heart for, for Robert. And Robert today is in God's presence and awaiting the big reunion day when we're all in his presence so that's what this God, you know, here, let me give you, so, let me give you another bit of um, text abbreviation. This is longer. D-G-T-H-B-Y. D-G-T-H-B-Y. Here it is. Don't go to heaven by yourself. Don't go to heaven by yourself. Take people with you. Now, here's another thing that can keep us from getting involved with people. We get offended by their actions, by their habits, by the way they talk. Maybe every other word is a swear word. Maybe every other word's a four-letter word. And it just is, it's offensive. It's not the way we Christians talk. We don't talk that way. Jesus didn't talk that way. But who did Jesus hang out with? He hung out with people that did talk that way. And that's what so angered the religious leaders of his day. They said, why does Jesus hang out? and have meals, and why is he in there laughing? Why is he in there with those people, the sinners? It's BAF. Bring a friend. That's what it's all about. So may Jesus give us the ability to look beyond all that surface stuff to, so that we can value every single person we meet just like Jesus values them, realizing that a very, very dear and high price was paid for that person, their redemption. Jesus shed his blood for that person. No matter how far they are away from him, no matter what they've done in their life, no matter what they're doing, no matter the kind of jokes they tell, Jesus, Jesus died for that person. So that's the first quality, caring enough to get involved. The second quality is this. Uh, willing to do whatever it takes to reach people. Um, verse 4 says that uh, since they couldn't get through the crowd, they went up and tore a hole in the roof, and they let the man down in front of Jesus. Now, in those days, roofs were flat. They were sort of used like a balcony, an extra space to live. Uh, there would always be a stairway along the outside or a ladder to help people get up on the roof. Now, the roofs in those days were made out of slats, sort of packed with a mixture of 
mud, and manure. <laughs> okay? Uh, they, used, they didn't waste anything back in those days. All right? Uh, these four guys didn't come with shovels. So when they went up on that roof, I guess they probably used their hands, whatever they could find to start prying that, all that stuff apart. Now, I want you to put yourself in the service that day. Imagine it. All of a sudden, you hear this ruckus up above, and pretty soon, debris starts to drop on your head. It started to drop on Jesus' head. And then you pretty soon, you see the light of day come shining through. The service is interrupted. Jesus is interrupted probably mid-sentence. It's no small thing to interrupt Jesus, right? <laughs> okay. These guys did. But Jesus didn't mind. Now, what about Peter? If this was Peter's house, how do you think he felt? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what are you guys doing? Well, so they dig this big opening, an opening big enough to drop a guy on a stretcher right down in front of Jesus. They took over the service. The people were shocked. But you know what? These guys didn't let obstacles get in their way of bringing friends to Jesus. They thought outside the box. Now, why? Well, like I've said a couple times, because Jesus is all about B-A-F. That's what Jesus is about. And they had the heart of Jesus. And they were reminding the church people that day that as Christians, when we circle up in our services and our small groups and our programs and our retreats, we never circle up just for ourselves. We don't come to church just for ourselves. We don't go to our small groups just for ourselves. We don't take our kids to Awana just for ourselves. BAF is the purpose behind every ministry and every program and every church service we have in this building. It's always about me and me coming, but who's the friend I'm going to bring with me? That's what church is about. So, um, love and respect conference coming up. Missions trips. You know, we don't even just do missions trips just so Christians go on, go on missions trips. Is Skirmonte here today? Skirmonte? Okay, uh, there's Skirmonte back there. Uh, you know how, uh, I'll have, uh, I'm going to have you come and tell your story one of these days, Skirmonte. But here's what happened is um, we were going on a missions trip. And it was in the newspaper or on the, on the patch. And somehow Skirmonte heard about it. And she never had been connected to this church before. And she came, she came into the church office with a friend or two and said, hey, I want to go on this trip with you guys. And so that was a couple of years ago, and, uh, but that's, that's how Skirmonte's... And, and this is one of the ways that a lot of people in our skeptical world right now, when they look at churches, one of the things that's really attracting them is churches that go out and do something to make a difference in the world. They want to become part of that. And so whenever we go on a missions trip, be thinking BAF, who at work with me, who, who's another family member, who could I invite? to come along and go on this missions trip to Jamaica or Belize or wherever we're going or to go and clean up a hurricane or a tornado or something like that. It's all about BAF, second nature. It's just built into us. It's our lifestyle. It's, the, it's a new way of thinking. It's heaven's way of thinking. Heaven always thinks BAF. Heaven's thinking needs to fill your thinking, my thinking. It's second nature to us. There is no other way in this world ever that the church grows except through BAF. There is no other method. That's it. 
We're called to be witnesses of Jesus, his death and his resurrection, and of who he is with those that we are among day by day. So, Good Friday, Easter. This is a great BAF time, a wonderful BAF, okay? Uh, But every Sunday here is all about BAF, not just Christmas and Easter, okay? Every week. Here's the third quality these friends show us. They were willing to take some criticism. They were willing to take some criticism. Verses 5 through 7 say this. uh, Verse 6 and 7 say, But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there in the service that day, they said to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Now, These four friends used a new method to bring someone to Jesus. It had never been seen before, okay, and probably not since. And when this man was lowered down in front of Jesus, Jesus said to this man the most important words that any human being can ever hear. Child, your sins are forgiven. Those are the greatest of words. And Jesus says this, In Luke 15, 10, he said, There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who comes to repentance. You know what? Heaven's joy came into that house that day, into that church service, filled that church service. But you know what? Not everybody in the service that day entered into that joy. There were some present that didn't care that a broken human being had just come to Jesus. They didn't see the wonder of this. And they didn't realize that this newly forgiven man was just about ready to be healed too. He was going to receive an entirely new future. And you know the strange thing about it? It was the people who knew the Bible better than anybody else except Jesus the teachers of the law, who didn't join in with heaven's party that day. Instead, they were criticizing what had happened because it didn't happen in the prescribed way, in the way they expected it to happen or would want it to happen. Now, there's a great lesson here for all the people of God, but you know what? Before this lesson is a lesson for anybody, it's a lesson for me. Pastor Jim, and all pastors. All of us pastors have to guard our hearts against becoming religious professionals, religious professionals, who place more value on preferred traditions or expectations or methods than upon the priceless value of each and every human being that we see inside the church and outside the church. Now, these religious leaders, they knew the Bible better than anyone in the room. But you know what? They also became the most critical people in the room. And though one of the most wonderful works of grace in the history of the world had just happened in front of their eyes, right under their noses, They were totally oblivious to it. They didn't even see it because of their other agenda, their religious agenda. So 
That spoke to my heart as a pastor to guard against this disease that sets in of religiosity and the religion of traditions and rules and that doesn't allow the Holy Spirit to break in and cause four guys to tear a hole in the roof. And if anytime the Lord or anytime God truly, I'm going to emphasize truly, uh, motivates four of you to tear a hole in the roof, okay, if it's truly, you can go ahead. Well, no, don't take me up on that, but we already have some problems with our roof, okay? Uh, but all I'm saying is this, that as Christians, oh man, as Christians, as a pastor, we must be so taken up with our love for the lost, bringing them to Jesus, that some of the things we sometimes turn into issues among us, that they just don't even seem important anymore. And then we have the heart of Jesus. So Jesus made an effort in this service to bring the attention and the hearts of these religious leaders back to the reality of what they were witnessing but couldn't see. And this is what it says in verses 8 through 12. Jesus knew immediately what the religious leaders were thinking, so he asked them this question. Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or to to stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Verse 11, 12. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out through the stunned onlookers. And they were all amazed and praised God exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. But you know what? That, that didn't even change the perspective of the religious leaders. When this guy, when Jesus healed this guy right in front of them, their agenda wouldn't budge. Now, um, here's the reaction of Most of the people in the room, though, it says they this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, "We have never seen anything like this." Now you know what I believe that these are words that God has for Calvary Church to be speaking. It is. It is guaranteed, as we take into our hearts and minds this lifestyle of BAF, it is guaranteed that we do not have enough space in our church house here at the corner of State and Archer. We don't have enough room in this church house to receive all the people that the Lord wants to bring among us to find forgiveness of sins and the healing and, and, and a brand new future, a brand new future for their life. And so here's what I want to say to the congregation today. I want to turn all of you loose to be as creative and bold and gutsy and edgy and risky as you can be in reaching out to people, getting involved in people's lives, having that conversation going on, 
seeing past those things in people that cause you to want to distance yourself from them, but getting up close to people. And then, when it's appropriate, hey, would you like to come and check church out with me? Just come, come with me and check it out. See what you think. And when you say that to them, say this. You know what? I'll meet you out in the parking lot. I'll meet you just inside the front door. One of the scariest things, like we said last week, one of the scariest things in the world is to walk into a church for the first time all by yourself. It's scary. I'm a pastor for 45 years. And when I drive down the road and the thought has hit me, you know, maybe I'll visit that church someday. I'd like to stop and see what they're doing. I get nervous, (laughs) okay? So can you imagine someone that maybe hasn't been to church in 10 or 15 years or... Or it's scary. So don't just invite them, but say, you know what? I'll, you know, I'll meet you out in the parking lot. We can walk in together. We can, we'll sit together. I'll introduce you to a couple people. That's BAF. That's the heart of Jesus. You know, um, here's what John Wesley said. <clears throat> John Wesley pastored churches, right? In various locations. But this is what he said. The world is my parish. The world is my church. It's just a lot of people don't know it. They're they're in my church. (laughs) A lot of people don't know it yet. But I view every person through the eyes of the Jesus who shed his blood on the cross for them. And when I see a person, I see not just where they're at. I see the promise of the person they could be because of who Jesus is. So God's promising Calvary Church that the party that's going on in heaven he wants, us, he wants us to come into a season of partying as a church like we've never partied before. He wants us to be a partying church in a way we cannot imagine. I believe we are about to hear so many more wonderful stories of testimonies of how Jesus has changed people's lives because we invested in them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful this morning for your presence. And while our heads are bowed, this is the prayer I want to pray first. I want to pray, Lord, for every family here, for every person here who has family members or friends that they really are invested in and care about, but those friends or family members don't know you. They're lost. They're headed the wrong direction. Lord, I, I pray that you'll put all the right people in the lives of these, of these ones who need to know you. And I pray, Lord, that the witness and the demonstration of your love and care will continue, Lord, to draw them toward yourself. Bring them into your kingdom. Lord, bring them to your presence, to your salvation. And Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks for that this morning. We thank you for that. And then there's another prayer that... I want to pray this morning, and, uh, and it may be that you are a visitor here today. You're here for the first time, and uh, you had enough courage to walk in here, maybe by yourself without coming with somebody, but you're here as a guest, and, uh, and I believe that um, God has something for you today, and the thing that he has most for you today, if you're searching out what meaning and purpose in life is and everything, here's the message of Jesus to you, that he loves you so much, he died for your sins on the cross so that all those sins that separate, those could all be forgiven and removed. 
and you could be, have that load lifted off of your heart and you could receive him, place your faith in Jesus, say, Lord, be my Savior. And by praying that prayer, Jesus Christ will come into your life and the remarkable kinds of things that Jesus does, he will do in your life. He'll begin to change you from the inside out and give you a future that you didn't think you could probably ever have, but he has it for you. So I want to encourage you today, if you're here and you have never received Jesus, well, I'm going to lead us all in a very short prayer right now. And I'd like all of us to pray this prayer. Just follow after me, okay? Here it is. Pray with me. Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus died for me. That he rose again. Come into my life, Jesus. I give my life to you. If you prayed that prayer today, the Lord heard that prayer, and you can expect in days to come a new awareness of God and and his, his work in your life as you place your trust in him. Here's a bit of homework. You can, you can look my way right now. Here's a bit of homework I want to uh, pass on to everybody today. Uh, Easter is just a couple, three weeks away. Good Friday. Uh, as you leave today, uh, there will be uh, people at the door that are just going to give you one or two of these. These are invitation cards to join us for the Good Friday service or the Easter Sunday morning service. Take one of these cards, take a couple of these cards, and pray and say, Lord, who would you want me to invite to come and be a part of that great celebration weekend? Uh, This is a great opportunity for us. This is a great BAF opportunity. Also, in just another uh, couple weeks, we have a Love and Respect Marriage Conference. I'll tell you what, it's one of the best marriage conferences on the planet. We've done it twice here before. Uh, Are Joe and Christy here today? I don't see Joe and Christy. Joe and Christy, uh, their marriage was saved about three or four years ago because they came to this. Last week you heard about Manuel and Alma. They told their story. Their marriage, they were headed for divorce. God turned it around. I wouldn't be surprised. You know some people in your world who are struggling in their marriages. You could be their lifeline. Hey, this is happening. Take a look at it. If you can make it, hey, come and be a part of it. Invitation, B-A-F, B-A-F. Awana, B-A-F. Everything, (laughs) everything here. Anything we do, B-A-F. When you text people from now on and you're part of the church family, sign off, B-A-F, okay? Let's, let's Let's rally around this, our mission. Um, and we'll see what see the great, 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 great things that God plans to do through Calvary Church. All right.